Happy Sunday, Merry Christmas, Happy Feast of the Epiphany, and Happy New Year to all of you. It's a great Sunday. I mean, and I mean, I just can't be like, I don't know about you guys, but I just kind of rejoice the fact that, you know, as long as I'm inside and looking out, the snow looks so beautiful. It looks like we're kind of in the snow globe. So that's, that's something that just is, I, I'm a huge fan of snow until like January. So, um, or March, March. March, it can go away. So, uh, again, happy Feast of the Epiphany. What a great joy that we come together today to celebrate the Epiphany. And as I was reflecting on what the meaning of the Epiphany was, I was thinking, well, Epiphany means manifestation. And the Epiphany of the Lord, thus, is the manifestation of Jesus Christ as Messiah. But he doesn't only manifest himself as Messiah to the Gentiles, or to the Jewish, he manifests himself to the Gentiles. And so these Magi from the East are a symbolic of the real manifestation of Christ to the whole world. That idea of Christ is not just the Messiah for the Jews, for the Jewish people. Rather, Christ is the Messiah for all of us. He is the Messiah that redeems us all. We see it in the second reading. That Christ is the Messiah for the Jews and the, 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 the Gentiles alike. That idea in, of he is there to save us all. His salvation reaches all of us. And one of the things that I was thinking about, and the, it kind of really affirms it, and it kind of it comes from this book, the Gospel of Matthew. And it's actually something really beautiful. This whole idea that the Magi follow the star and search for the king and Jesus' kingship. And so the reason why that's important is because if we look back at the Old Testament, kind of as prefaced in, in, the, in the first reading, is this whole idea that there is a king, a Moabite king, that was trying to curse Israel. And he called upon a seer to do so. And so what happens with the seer is that every time he curses or tries to curse Israel, God, the Holy Spirit, takes control in his speech and his words, and what happens is blessings come out. And he ends up blessing Israel instead of cursing the Israelites like the Moabite king wanted. And so the Moabites, the, the Magi, who these people are around, they know of this prophecy that the Messiah is going to be born in the world. And so why is it important for us? Well, it's important because if we look at the Magi, if we look at the Magi, we see that they are the Gentiles. They are non-Jewish people who study the stars. They're astronomers. They study the stars. And our Lord uses them to bring us about to this idea that Christ is the Savior for us all. And he uses what they're familiar with. And they call the Messiahs to them. They call the Magi to him. God uses what they're familiar with to call them to adore Christ, who is the Messiah. He used the star. That unique star that they saw that was new and unique. And why we could try to explain it through rational and natural means, the, the fact is, is it was a divine moment that he used the star to call the Magi's to 
come and recognize king in a way of a fulfillment that a king will come out of Judea. A king will come out of Israel that will conquer the world. That's something so amazing and so beautiful to look at. And so maybe we can look in our own lives of saying, Lord, what is the thing that the Lord is using that I'm familiar with? What am I familiar with that is the Lord is using to call me closer to that realization, that realization that he is the Lord of my life? How is he trying to manifest himself to you? What are the, the, the everyday means? Is he calling you to love and grow closer to him? The other thing that struck me about this is the fact that if, as we read, when they enter the, the house, what do, they, what do the Magi do? So they recognize that he's king. What do they do? They don't just simply genuflect or bow in front of their king. What do they do? They fall prostrate on the ground. They fall on their faces and adore the Christ. They humble themselves in the most humblest way and surrender. They're vulnerable. And they're laying before the Lord and saying, here we are. It, one, it shows the true recognition of, of who Christ is, but they're, in a way, surrendering themselves over to allow the Lord to enter in and to, to take control of their lives. And so they acknowledge through the prostration that whole idea that Christ is the Messiah and he's the one who comes to save us. So beautiful to think of, of this, this idea of laying prostrate in complete surrender to the Lord. I was thinking about how every year we have an, the opportunity, at least the priests and the, the deacons have the oppor, uh, opportunity on Good Friday to lay prostrate at, at the foot of the cross on Good Friday, to root themselves in humility and to, to venerate. And not only that is, for me, more recently, that whole idea of laying prostrate at ordination to root oneself into the the service and realizing that the Lord is the, the Lord of my life, and that's amazing. But let's, I want to take you back a few years previous to that, is there was a, there was a time where I was kind of questioning a whole bunch of stuff, and what, what, whatever, I'm not going to get into details, but I just remembered laying in, my, in front of my room, in front of a cross, and saying, Lord, if it, what it, whatever it is, like, I need your answer, like, I need you to enter in, and I was laying prostrate and was in complete vulnerability and surrender. And recognizing, Lord, I need your grace, I need your help, I need you to enter in to, to help and guide me. So how are you going to guide me? And the Lord was able to, whatever it may be, he was able to enter in and draw me out of myself and lead me and take control and it's that idea of complete surrender. And so maybe today, ask yourself, Lord, where is it? Maybe it's a physical act of surrender where you lay prostrate in front of your cross at home, or maybe it's a surrender that you do within the silence of your heart, but completely surrender before our Lord. Lord, I, I lay down before you. I recognize that you are the Messiah of my life, and I want you to enter in and redeem me and bring me to salvation. And maybe here's where I need your help. Lord, help me with this area that I'm unsure about. Unsure about. Help me give you homage. Help me to, to see maybe in my life 
where it is that I could grow closer to you. So you have an assignment. You have two things. First, what, what, is, what is the thing that the Lord is using in your everyday life to guide you closer to his son's most sacred heart? Because he's doing something in your life and he's drawing you closer to him by every or normal everyday means. So what is that object? What is that thing? What is that person? How is he drawing you closer to him? To his son's most sacred heart. The second assignment is you, you case can choose whether or not you want to do, do it in the physical realm or just in your heart. But lay prostrate. Be like the Messiah, the, the Magi, when they encounter our Lord, the infant Lord, in Bethlehem. Surrender everything that you have to the Lord and say, here it is. You are the Lord of my life. You are my Messiah. And help me grow, draw closer to you.